Welcome back, everybody, to all things I want to discuss with me, Miss Big PLV. I know it's been a minute, so I will get into where have I been. So stay tuned and happy listening. First, I'm going to start with telling you guys why I took a break. Um, I did not intend for it to be this long. Like, it's legit almost two years, and that's crazy. Not my intention at all. But what happened shortly before my last episode is I got into a car crash, and I totaled my car. And it was one of those moments that, I don't know, I just felt differently about, um, I was kind of in touch with my own mortality after that accident. Um, it's kind of weird to say in touch with, but I guess I'm just saying like, I could really understand it. Um, and this was shortly after started this podcast. So I was like, you know what? It's one of the things that I love doing. It'd be easy to keep going. Um, but it wasn't. So my last episode was actually after the accident And I really pushed myself to do it because I had told a friend that I would. Um, She knew that you listeners were supporting me and she had an event and wanted to get it out to as many people as possible. And I had agreed to do it before the accident. Um, And so I just went ahead and went with it. And I'm glad I did. Like, it really was a good episode. It was my first interview. Ha. And um, Ani, I probably shouldn't say it like that, but it wasn't. There are some things that were great about it. And then there are some things that I'm like, oh, I would do that differently uh, the next time around. So hopefully um, I will get better and have more interviews for you guys as they come up. I don't know. I'm on the fence about that. One, I record this at the most weirdest times. And if you recall at all, I was struggling with finding a time to keep it consistent on a certain day and all that type of stuff. So I can honestly tell you this will not be a podcast that has a person on it every week just because I am um, just now getting really into the swing of having a date, a day, not a date, sorry, a day of when I actually want to record. So I need to get used to being consistent with that and also thinking about when and how I want to do um, interviews and with who. I, I love Boston and it's great. And I love hearing the interviews that happen. Um, People are always discussing different things. But what I find is that some of them are with the same people. And I love those people. Don't get me wrong. I love them. It's just I find it. I'm one of those people that's like, you know, is it really good if I recycle this person that everybody else has used? You know, I hate to say recycle like that. But that's what I feel like. I feel like it's a system of people who, like, we really love to hear from. And that's who we hear from all the time because they're great. And I am so, I'm not antisocial, but, like, I am not the most social person. So it's hard for me to find untapped sources that I actually think you guys would enjoy listening to. So that's a struggle. That's a bit between, like, the fine line of, interviewing people who have been interviewed before and having a fresh conversation um, and finding new people who you haven't heard from before. I know this is a tangent. Sorry, that's not what I was trying to say. What I'm trying to get at is that um, when it is a process uh, doing interviews and thinking about things that I want to talk about, at least for me, um, but really what happened is, so I had offered to do that interview with my friend. And like I said, I had thought it was a thing that would like keep me going after this um car accident and it was in the sense that like my love for this hasn't changed but I just really wasn't in the 
place to do it. And I probably should have just been more honest and said that um, and took a break and maybe even talked about it. I don't know. Because I swear I went through the seven stages of grief um, with this car accident. Like, I really loved my car. Um, So there was, like, the, you know, having to, like, go of that. There was, like, the denial. Oh, okay, I'm fine. Like, yes, it happened. Um, and you know, maybe one day I'll share the pictures from my car accident, but probably won't. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, like it just was a bad accident. Like, and it was crazy because like I had dreamt that I was going to get in a car accident. Um, and so I was really actually trying to be super vigilant, uh, because the dream that I had was actually a lot worse. Like, so it's, you know, thinking something really bad is going to happen, um, and trying to be on my P's and Q's so that it doesn't happen. And then I got in a car accident anyway. Um, so it just was, you know, dealing with all of that type of stuff. And then like, you know, what is this trying to show me and what do I want to do next? And I really did get that feeling. Okay. You know, if I could survive this, then, um, obviously like there is a whole purpose for why I'm here and kind of understand that. And I, when I say survive this, I mean, I walked away pretty much. Okay. Like my back creaks every now and then I, I swear it sounds like I'm probably 80 and maybe it's in my head, but I don't know, that's the way I feel. Um, but I pretty much did walk away. Okay. Like talk about grace of God, seriously, like nobody was seriously injured. Um, and it happened at an intersection. So the fact that nobody else was coming across the intersection either, like it could have just been made so much worse. Um, so I really am thankful for that. And, you know, but that's the things that make you reflect, right? Like I'm not old, I'm not young. I'm, I guess, depending on who you ask, actually. But I would say, like, I am in a good spot in my life of just, you know, like, I've had my good times, but it's also in the time of being, like, more serious and what do I want out of life. And I think you do that at any age. But I would say for me, like, I definitely feel the stages of my life. And so I think that um, it just was one of those moments that I had to take a step back and be really reflective. And then when I felt like I was in a good place to come back and that, like, I could do this. I received um, some bad news about a high school uh, friend who had died. And so once again, it kind of put me in this spot of, you know, we're young people and dealing with life and tragedies and, and good things too. But just, you know, what does it all mean and why does certain thing happen to certain people? Um, so that kind of like took me out of it a little bit for a while too. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to come back and be fresh, you know, after I take some trips. So I... Um, my petty buddies, we go on trips once a year. My petty buddies, ha, ha. They're, they're my friends. Ha. Anyway, um, that's my traveling group. That's what we call ourselves, petty buddies. Um, and so once a year, we we go on a trip. And at the time, our trip was to go to Chicago. And I thought, okay, this would be a good break. I go to Chicago, enjoy this trip with my girls, and come back and be able to get back in the saddle. And um, yeah, no, that's actually not what happened. So what happened is I did, I kind of was in the saddle. Like I knew things I wanted to talk about. Like I promise you guys, usually I keep a notebook of things I want to talk about. So that way I'll have a flow for the episode and can move on to the next one. So like I have a notebook with shit I want to talk about. Um, and what happened was it felt like everybody was doing a podcast. So of course... I started thinking, you know what, like maybe my time has come. Maybe I shouldn't do this. Mind you, I just started this for fun. But, you know, you see people and they're enjoying the fruits of their fun or labor, depending on who you ask. Um, and I was like, gosh, like maybe no one will listen to me. Maybe I really don't have anything to say. Or maybe people, people will find this to be more interesting. Um, so I went through that of like, you know, maybe my time has come and I've, and I've missed it. 
Um, and then I also kind of felt like an imposter syndrome at some point, which is probably surprising because everybody and their mama got a podcast. It's like literally if you want to say anything to the world, you can turn on your mic, right? It reminds me of, um, I don't know what it was called when we were a kid, but when people were just like talking over the internet, I don't exactly think it was called podcasting um, at that time, but that's kind of what it reminded me of, right? Like everybody's doing this. So it's weird to have some type of imposter syndrome, but I did. Like I genuinely did um, for a while. And then I got over that too, because I realized like everybody's point of view is different and everything that you want to talk about, your show, your Shows flow is different. Like all those things are different. And of course, there's enough pie for everybody, right? Like I have always had that feeling of everybody can eat. So it was never a case of like something's going to be taken away from me. More of a case of this, is this something that I fit into? Um, so then I got my head wrapped around that. Um, again, had episode ideas, everything. And when I tell you, it, then it became one of those things of like, Okay, is this something that you really want to do? Because I tend to like to um, record at night, which is another reason why it's hard for me to find the time. I like the peace of quiet of no one being around at like 12 a.m. However, I have a real job that requires me, I shouldn't say, whatever, you know what I mean. I have a nine to five that requires me to be up in the morning before nine o'clock and being ready and being fully functional. So when I start recording at 12, 1 a.m., whatever time it is, it better go flawlessly. And when it doesn't go flawlessly, I'm like, forget it. I need to go to bed. And that is what happened a couple of times. A couple of times I tried to start recording. And for whatever reason, it stops. It doesn't come out right. Something. And to have that happen is so frustrating. And then to have to edit your episode is so frustrating. So there have been times when I have started it um, and something has happened and I just was like, you know what, forget it. This is a sign that today's not the day. When is the day, I'll come back. I had to talk myself off of that ledge as well because if you guys remember, I did this shit and I was like, oh, I'm just going to start it. And I was doing weird sounds imitating um, show, what do you call it? Show songs. I forget what they're called right now, but you know, theme songs. Yes. Remember? And that was just me doing it, right? So it doesn't matter. Like You don't have to have all those things together. So all the things that I had originally had in my toolkit when I first started it are the things that I had to remember all of a sudden again, right? Like, so what everybody has a podcast. So what everybody, you know, like might have other themes or focuses that they want to do. Like none of that matters. What matters is the fact that this is something that I want to do. And so I'm going to continue to put out this product. So that's why I came back. Did I intend for it to take this long? No, I didn't. Um, and I do get that it's hard to like hang in there with people. But that's real. Like I just really went through this time in my life where like I needed a break and I need to I needed to refocus on myself and just kind of understand that yes, I am enjoying my life. I never felt like I was going through the motions of it, but how much of it was purposeful. Um, and that was a big thing for me. And just you know, reconnecting and realizing what things work and what things don't work. Like if you remember when I first started this, I talked about shows and wanting to do a recap and that's how this idea offload um i can honestly tell you guys i don't know if i'll do recaps one because it's not that shows aren't interesting or i'm not or anything like that um or i think i got too big for my britches but i don't watch as much television as i used to and when i watch it it is later i just caught up on power last week and that was catching up on five episodes Maybe four, no, because they're only on six. So four episodes. So how can I recap 
with you guys. I have some thoughts on it and maybe I'll do it later. I don't know. But how can I do that? You know, like I'm not keeping up with stuff in a timely way to really do recaps. So just bear with me. Who knows what this show is going to go like? Um, you know, like it's it's threading, but we'll see. Like I'll figure it out and hopefully you guys will be there for the ride. And any suggestions you guys have, um, comments, critiques, feedback, whatever. You guys know I enjoy all of that because that's the only way I'm going to get better. Um, and talk about things that you guys want me to talk about. It's called All Things I Want to Discuss. I know. And it is all things that I want to discuss, but I appreciate hearing from you and maybe thinking about a subject that I did not think about. So um, without further ado, let's get into the rest of this podcast. What's happened since? Okay. Um, yeah. What do I want to talk about? A couple of things, actually. So first up, let's see. Um, sorry, y'all. Oh, I know it. Do you guys pay attention to financial news? Um, so recently we work was trying to, um, do an IPO initial public offering and they were valued at $47 billion. Now, I don't know if you've been keeping up with this or not, but of course that has crumbled and they have pulled back on this plan, which is smart. Which is smart because as they dug into the financials of the company, we come to find out that they are actually bleeding cash and will probably be bankrupt by the beginning of the winter. Now, my thing about this is, you know, I'm not the biggest investor at all. Um, I try. I play around. I will be very transparent with you. Let's just say I threw a couple of thousand dollars in the stock market game. And guess how much I have? A couple of thousand dollars. Um which isn't bad, whatever. But the point is, I ain't making a big bucks off of this, right? Like, I try. Um, my biggest disappointment was, oh, I would before miracle, before miracle, before um, marijuana was being legalized in states and stuff. Of course, you had the medical mar medical marijuana part, and I invested in something called Medbox, which was a vending machine for medical marijuana. Now, I don't know why I thought this was a good idea, but I did. It sounded good at the time. And, uh, of course, there were some things like that. So the company is no longer. And I, I don't think I only lost like 100 bucks, but still, whatever, not the point. So anyway, again, I'm not the biggest investor, but I had been following this uh, very loosely, I might add. But the wild shit is to find out how bad their financials were and you are valuing yourself at $47 billion. How sway? There are a couple of things that I feel like are at play here. I mean, people like to talk about the founder um, and how he was basically misusing uh, the funds of the money. And I don't even know if I should say misusing funds, but basically like they were just spending cash on a lot of things that they shouldn't have been spending cash on. One of the things that I felt like was the best thing that I had read is he, I'm assuming he must have trademarked um, we period, because obviously you can't just trademark we, right? It's a, it's a word that we use too much um, part of the English language, but it's a word that we use like just in everyday language. So it would be a word that you could never trademark on its own, like shirt, right? You can't trademark t-shirt. Um, so anyway, he trademarked we period. Um, that's what I'm assuming is what had happened because the company had to end up paying him $5.9 million to trademark we period. Fucking genius. Yes. Because you just got $5.9 million from a company. But 
ethically wrong. Like, what? <laughs> like, what? Like, why would you ever do that? This company is basically paying him for shit. Like, what? It's maddening. It's crazy. So, I don't know. It's just things like this. I hope you guys really do pay attention to financial news and news about companies. I know I'm glossing over this, and partly it's because I fell asleep in the middle of reading about this case. And it's also the IPO isn't happening anymore, so there isn't too much to talk about beyond the fact of, you know, like, what's going to happen? Will they actually have to file for bankruptcy? And what will that look like? And, um, you know, WeWork is everywhere now, right? Like, a lot of people use that office space. So I think there is some good things to talk about, and maybe one day when I do some more due diligence and actually write about points. Sorry, case in point, I'm just going to put this in here. Today's episode, I don't have shit written down. I'm going off the top of my head about what I want to talk about. So it will not be as clear thought. But anyway, point being, follow financial news, guys. Like there's a lot you can learn. Um, People do it all the time, right? They trademark stuff all the time and then they sell it to someone. And it's not because they know someone wants to buy it. It can be something as simple as like, it seems like a good word to you. It seems like a good word at the time. And then someone inadvertently needs it or wants it, which brings me to the good point of, um, it's not really a good point, but I think it's a a good segue is what I should say. This whole Beyonce, Blue Ivy trademarking thing, like I get it. Y'all love Beyonce, all that good jazz. But I'm actually rooting on the side of the businesswoman here. Like, I get it. Her business isn't as big, all that type of stuff. But first of all, Blue Ivy is not a cultural icon. I'm sorry. Coming out of famous women's twat does not make you a cultural icon. It just doesn't. I, I'm i not buying that. Like, I'm a black woman, and I want to know what have you done for my culture that makes me feel like I should be regarding you as such. Saying six lines on your parents' songs don't meet that requirement for me. I'm sorry. I don't care how famous they are. We have yet to see what this girl will do with her life. And I think it will be great things. Whatever. She has the best setup for her life. So I look forward to seeing all of that. Looking forward to all her contributions. But they would be future contributions. There's like nothing she has done yet. Well, if you guys want to say, oh, there's that song. What is it? Oh, God. I can't even think of the name. And that's just only because I'm talking to you. I do like the song. Um, but at the end of the day, like that don't make you a culture icon. There was a cute little video of that little boy singing to his sister. Yes, great. All of that is nice. And little girls can look up to her and want to sing along with her. Like, that's great. Culture icon? No. So anyway, back to my point. Because this ain't about her. Or that, really. It's really about the fact that I think that we have to think about this from an entrepreneurial standpoint and from the side of small businesses, right? Like, this woman not only had her business for years now. So not just the span of this little girl's life. How old is she? Gosh, how old is she now? Like six or something? I don't even know. Um, So not only has she been running this business from the span of this little girl's life, but she was running the business before and years before, not a month before, not a year before, years before. So this is her putting her, her sweat, her tears, her ideas, her rejections, whatever they may have been, her life lessons, whatever they may have been, and, or even if she got a start from somebody giving her money, whatever. I don't really care. The point is that this has been her business for years. And now someone who is one of the most famous people in the world, if not the most famous or, you know, very influential. And I say that because people look at Michelle Obama and Oprah. So I'm just going to say one of and not say most or anything like that. But you have someone who arguably is one of the most 
powerful woman ever. Um, and rightfully so, right? Like she's very influential. She's dedicated to her craft, her entertainment craft and singing and dancing because I don't think she's the best actress, but she's very dedicated. Um, she There are things that she backs and truly believes in. So that's great. Like she has all of these great qualities um, about her. And I think people, you know, if you want to look up to Beyonce, great. You should go for it. You know, you cannot knock her work ethic. You cannot knock her as a woman. None of that. I don't think people should. Um, but at the same time, to come in and want to you know, take something away from somebody and then to belittle what they do. I'm sorry, I'm not a fan of it. And I get it. I know it's legalese. I know that people have to write all these things in their arguments and to get their client the win. So on the one hand, I get it. I do. Truly, I do. But on the other hand, this is still a thing. Like, you lost the first go round. Let it go, sis. Like, if you really cared about this and wanted to make sure you could trademark your kid's name, you could have Googled it. Now, I don't know if this woman has just upped her Google, um, what do you call it? Like when you find people in Google and it's the thing that pops up, time you list. But actually, if you look up Blue Ivy right now on Google, it actually comes up events. Then like the next 10 things are clearly related to Blue Ivy Carter. But the first thing that comes up is events. And maybe it was because it's, you know, people have been looking at it, um, because of the recent emergence back in the news. I don't know. But she out there. You can't say you can't find her. I don't care her website is trash or not as good. Sorry, I just called this woman's website trash. I mean, honestly, the website could use some work. But I don't care about that, right? Like, the point is, this has been established for a while. So I think before people want to say, like, oh, yeah, you know, give Beyonce this, give Beyonce that. Think about this, what, what this means for other small businesses, right? Do you guys really want for some company or some person, regardless of how famous they are, to be able to come in and take something away from you, right? Like, did you guys not watch You Got Mail? Or am I talking to too young of a generation? I don't know. But anyway, or not even that. Here, we could talk about Whole Foods, right? Whole Foods is coming over, taking over, you know, grocery spots for from local community grocery stores, right? Like they come into these places and people start going to the Whole Foods, which charges a lot of fucking money or whatever. And next thing you know, the little grocery store that's been there forever usually gets pushed out for whatever reason, right? It's whether it's market value or whatever. But at the end of the day, like there's some competition for that smaller business, for that smaller entity. And we know how we feel about that. So before we all think Beyonce is queen of everything, because I definitely don't want to see stands out there who put her on this weird ass pedestal, but whatever, y'all. Before we do that and say, you know, like it's Beyonce, she's right. Like, you know, she has such power. So of course we should give her her kids these things. When we think of Blue Ivy, we recognize her daughter. Fine, whatever. But the business was there first. And just think about other implications of what this could have on future companies, right? Like you don't want to be out there and you start your business and someone names their kid something or someone does something else. And now, and now something is being taken away from you. So just put yourself in those shoes from, you know, from the business owner's point of view, but just thinking in terms of business and what impact this could have on future entities. Um, what else did I want to talk about? Eh, impeachment. I kind of do want to talk about that. I'm just not in a place of talking about it, but it has happened since we last met or not, not has happened, but people are calling for it and calls are, um, I shouldn't say calls, but 
the is being pushed more now. Why is it taking so long? I don't know. Like this is ridiculous. Like literally, this man. I don't know how he's just not considered a walking security threat. And I don't mean amongst the people, right? We say this all the time. His tweets that he put out, the things that he says, all of, you know, his just disregard for our systems and checks and balances, right? Like we're always constantly calling for scrutiny on his behavior. But the fact that the American Congress has been so slow to act and not about people not calling him out because we do have members who have, but in total as a body, it is dragging its feet. Like, I don't even know as evidence mounts and there's more investigations and stuff like that. Like I still, I'm probably about 10% confident that something will actually happen. And I, sometimes I feel like it's chestnut checkers. Like, do we really want Mike Pence to be president? Sometimes I feel like it's just white privilege. You have a white man just out here doing whatever the fuck he wants to do. And people are turning their head, making all types of excuses, hemming and hawing about it, acting like it's not a big deal. Um, I think one of the things I read was, you know, excuse me, normalizing this behavior. Like when you are blatantly doing something in the face of the public, like it's out there, right? Like it's not a secret it, beca- it begins to get normalized. And so is that what we're doing? And it's one of those things that I just don't know. I think there's more to talk about and I probably will bring this up again, but I did just wanted to talk discuss that briefly. Like we're at this place where it's just mountains of evidence and whether or not you can call it treason, um, I've seen some discussion around that because it's not like an act of war against the U.S. And it needs to meet one other requirement. Sorry, I just don't want you guys to hear me clicking around. So the next time I talk about this, I will probably have these thoughts brought up. But there are certain things you need to meet to actually be called an act of treason. It's not just because you engage with a foreign entity. Um, there are barriers that it has to actually meet. So I you know, are we going to skate this issue, right, Um, about this? And his engagement and what he's done now, we're we're on, like, three different foreign governments now? Like, this is ridiculous. Like, at some point, you just have to say, like, you have literally cut off all of your nose. Like, you have no more nose left to spite your face. Just do the right thing. And all these calls about it being divisive, we are already divided. Like, this is not gonna break the mold like we are already seeing i would probably say people's innermost feelings coming out so you are already saying you know what i'm gonna cut myself off from you because at the core of who you are we don't agree right or on this issue we don't agree so i don't i feel like devising we're gonna be more divided is crap it's it's a plea it's whatever and maybe we need to fucking be broken to be put back together again whatever but I feel like that's just a cop out. So I don't want to hear any more about we're being divided. You know, that's just crap. You also have the issue of, oh, I bet that pop sounded really loud. Sorry. But you also have the issue of, you know, him saying, if I'm in peace, this is going to cause a civil war. What? Like, how? I agree with everybody else. I don't understand how Twitter continues to give him a platform. Like, at some point, like, you are an independent company. You are not beholden to the government. Like, I'm not, there is nowhere that says we don't live in a dictatorship. We live in a democracy. There is nothing that says you have to give the president 
a place to spew bullshit on a social media platform. Nothing. We don't have that anywhere. Like, you are not a major news source. So, I don't know, you allow major news sources to operate on your platform. Sure, I'll give you that, whatever. But you don't have to do it. Like, we don't have to air these things. We don't have to share these things on such platforms like Twitter. I don't get it. They really need to cut his account. I'm sorry. Have only Mike Pence say stuff. Have only the press secretary say stuff. Whatever. I don't care, but because he has no filter. He just comes out and says dumb shit, and it puts us, I sincerely believe, in a place of danger. So I think at some point we have to start thinking about, you know, the social benefit and the social costs of things that we allow and allowing him to spew false things and hate. It's just not okay. Like you have to take some sort of personal, I guess it's not personal. I guess it would be company responsibility for what you allow in your platform. And there seems to be none. So I, I like, I just don't get it. Is it like a threat of, I mean, you can't even say that. Like, you can't individually threaten a company in tax codes. Like, that would be illegal. So I don't know why they are doing this and why they continue to allow it. Um, you know, there's I do follow him. I started following him because you should know what people say. Um, but I could also live with not following him. Like, you know, you don't, I don't know. Like, I completely respect people who don't, whatever. Like I said, I just did it because I felt like it was important to kind of see the things that he is saying and doing. Um, unfortunately, he is the president of this country. So I feel like that is something that I want to be aware of and conscious of. But does it have to be allowed? No. Like, I really think that they need to just stop. Um, There's something else I wanted to talk about. Oh, and I can't even believe I just said all like that. I, I felt like I sounded too excited. But the other thing I wanted to talk about was the um, Botham Jean case. In I hope I'm saying his name right. If I'm not, I'm sorry. Charge it to my mind and not my heart. Um, and Amber Geiger, whatever. Um, hmm. I think I felt like a lot of people that it was great that this jury was diverse. Um, it gives some more opportunity that there would have been a conviction, or at least that's how we feel, right? Like we've seen so many trials come up and people are not judged amongst a jury of their peers. I'm sorry, like you need more diversity in juries. So seeing the diversity in this jury was a sign of encouragement, I feel like for a lot of people. I, however, do feel like people felt like they were um, let down by the amount of time she got. 10 years, I'm sorry, is not enough. It ain't enough. I feel like people, and I'm saying that not because I'm unforgiving, because I believe that you should forgive people. Like, I fight every day not to say I hate Trump. I do. Because you shouldn't hate people. But... But I also do feel like people were disappointed in actions of certain people, um, the judge, the bailiff, the brother, even the brother. Yes, I'm going to say even the brother. Like y'all want to say it's okay to forgive, but y'all know y'all are upset he held that white lady. So I'm going to say that I feel like people were upset when those things happen. And all of a sudden, as we like to do whenever woke people feel like black people aren't woke enough, we like to blame Christianity. 
Now, I think, I don't think, um, no, I do think that maybe I'm a minority and feeling like this, but let me tell you, I'm so fucking sick of hearing that. I probably should swear less. I'm sorry. I am so sick of every time black people do something y'all do not like, the first thing you like to throw up is Christianity. I'm a Christian. I personally don't think anybody should have been hugging her. I don't, well, I shouldn't say anybody. If the brother wants to hug her, fine, whatever. Let that happen. I think it's a little weird for a judge to hug her. I'm sorry, I do. Like, I, uh, to me, it plays with the impartiality of things. Um, I get it. It was over. She'd been found guilty, whatever. But it still just doesn't really sit well with me. Um, and I know we like to show judges throwing, showing compassion and all that type of stuff. Like that's like a new thing now, right? You, you, we have courtroom cameras and judges give heartfelt speeches and words of encouragement and all that stuff. But sometimes like physical touch just puts up another layer that I feel like makes things complicated. So I'm kind of on the fence of that whole action in itself. And I also feel like this case is so high profile for very, for so many reasons and so I just feel like maybe that wasn't the best thing to be doing. Um, I definitely don't agree with the <laughs> the bailiff fucking combing her hair. So first of all, I have this thing about like your dirty ass fingers in touching people's hair. Like I don't like it. Not I'm not. I always say like I'm not a petting zoo, so you can't touch my hair. But not only am I not a petting zoo, your hands are dirty. Like why are you putting that in my hair? So. I'm just not a fan of her doing that for a lot of reasons, not just the fact of you got this black woman, you know, making sure she is presentable and whatever. I don't know. Like, I have so many issues with it. But anyway, my point that I was trying to get at is like, I'm so tired and I'm literally like really over it. The first thing people saying is, oh, it's about Christianity. I'm like I said, I'm a Christian. I'm believing on that shit. That they did. I do believe you sh- should forgive, sure, whatever. I don't believe you have to do certain things to show that you have compassion for another person. I don't. I'm also over people like I think it's an I shouldn't say it's an excuse. You I feel like people need to accept that people just do things because they want to. Don't keep throwing my religion into it because you don't like what you saw. Like, sorry. That's what I thought I that's what I feel like people do all the time. That's it. I, you can go to court, not go to court. I get it either way, whatever. But don't sit up there and tell them what I would want and that I wouldn't want somebody to go to jail. I mean, maybe that's really what he wanted. I don't know. But I find that one of the jurors said an interesting thing. I don't remember um, his name. They were doing an interview and they said, you know, I don't know him personally, but based on things his family said, I don't think this is what he would want. Hmm. We're making a lot of assumptions. A lot of assumptions to make some something look okie-dokie and shit. Don't make those assumptions about me. I am publicly recording. Don't make that assumption about me. You know, find forgiveness for yourself. Ask the family for forgiveness. But you can do all that with three hots in a cot. Like, sorry. Nope, nope, nope. But back to my rant. Like, I am literally just over this whole idea every time something happens that black people don't like. Oh, it has to be because of Christianity. No, it don't. Christianity allows for you to make your own decisions. These people made their own decision. People do what they want to do because they want to. That's it. That's it. You can talk about like, you know, like I said, maybe 
all the impact of all the things that we've been through in this country, it still runs deep because I believe that. I really, I do. I think that we deal with a lot of psychological things um, as a people. And if you want to bring that up, sure. But don't just let that sit on my religion because you mad. Like, just be honest. Y'all were mad when it was cute when she was giving them that black mama look. Y'all thought she was going to lay the smack down. And then she hugged her. So you got your feelings hurt. Just admit it. You were disappointed. You were disappointed. And it's okay. I was disappointed too. I was like, no, she didn't. But she did. And I moved on because that's who she is. I'm not going to sit up here and keep spewing bullshit. I feel like I was on a soapbox. Um, so let's talk, let's parlay this into something else. Oh, the 1619 Project. Are you guys reading that? Did you read it? Um, I do want to talk about it and I might talk about it in bits and pieces because I am still reading it, to be honest. I feel like the things that are in there that are like, so they're just so heavy. And it's not that you don't know. It's that you realize how much of what you knew was so surface and anything you think is deep. You like, like I was talking about your fake people. Y'all think y'all know so much, but you still surface. Anywho, that's kind of where I feel about reading this. Like, I feel like I knew stuff, but then I'm like, oh shit, y'all really are this far? But anyway, um, and I also think it like it the little day the little ways it shows up every day, right? Like we've been talking about um black people holding space on sidewalks and in places because white people and other people, but you know, white people, they don't see you, right? They will act like you're not there. So I was reading one of the first essays in the 1619 project and it brought up about the fact about black people having to get off the and it brought up the fact about black people having to get off the sidewalk and um you know when they saw a white people person walking down the street and they're in the direction and then i i thought about it some more like you know like this down trickle effect this i don't know if psycho mm, psychosis probably isn't the right word i'm not psychologies maybe um that trickle down effect, right? And like, this is years and generational. And then I was like, oh my gosh, this is, they really, you know, granted they really don't see us and how surprising that is. But then I really thought about it. Like, oh, sorry, let me backtrack. I totally believe in all forms of evolution. Again, Christian here, but I still believe in evolution. Um, You know, like giraffes and all that. Like they didn't always have long legs. This is my favorite story. There's plenty of stories about evolution, but mine is about giraffes and how they didn't always have long legs. Next, they grew long necks to reach their food. So, yes, that's my story that I like to think about when I think about evolution. So, anyway, back to this, right? If their ancestors have always, like, you know, never had to see us, I genuinely think it trickles down some kind of way into the bearings of your DNA. And maybe it's about the way they talk about us at family dinner. Maybe it's the way they you know, you see people interact, right? Like if you are walking with a parent, a grandparent, whatever, like how they act, it will trickle down to you. So think about it. You got this racist family and because of racist times, you're walking on the sidewalk, they get to keep walking on the sidewalk no matter what happens, you know, unless you see somebody stop or whatever. But like when you see another person, all of a sudden that person disappears. They're out, they're out of your purview or at least out of your direct way. 
And so you see it. And so you grow up. So even though our times have changed, how seeing that and seeing them be able to still walk, and this is all in my head. This is the world according to April. No one has no one with a doctorate or any other degree has said any of this. But like think about it. Like you grow up seeing this and you grow up living it and you keep acting it. And then you have children and you create the same the scenes, right? The same things. And so it just kind of like you know, kind of tied in for me at least, all these articles and all these moments and aha moments of black people talking about holding their space on sidewalks. Now, I realized that before these articles started coming out, or at least before I started reading these articles, say maybe two, three years ago, whatever, I actually realized it before then. And I think part of the reason why I probably realized it is also because I'm smaller. I so people of course, I see you. Well, you're gonna feel me then. How about that? Um, so anyway. Back to what I was saying. Like, I kind of realized this. And so I started, like, holding my space. Because I don't care if you don't see me because I'm small. I don't care if you don't see me because I'm black. I am here. So you're going to see me. I'm. You're going to respect the fact that I am in this space as well. So anyway, getting back to what I'm saying, like, to me, it kind of was like all these little nuggets of putting it back together. And it's not an excuse or not to say that, like, oh, we should give them a pass. No, that's not it at all. My point being that, Everybody should continue to hold their space. If you haven't been holding your space, hold your space. At some point in generations to come, their children will pick up on it and we will be able to coexist with everybody holding their space and respecting people's, what do you call it, areas around them, their personal space. Um, we will get there. It may take generations of work to get there because there's just been generations of damage. But we will get there. Sorry, that was really uh, interesting rant. I know I get it, especially I started off being all like educational and stuff. But anyway, I am still reading it. And I will say that it, it's a hard, for me personally, I think it's a hard read. Like as you develop your consciousness and race relations and just kind of understand the dynamic of this country and growing up and all of those type of things, like I just feel like it's a lot. So I probably read about, one to two essays when I pick it up and then I'll drop it and pick it back up again. Um, I still think it's an important read. Um, if you did not get it from the New York Times, you can get it from Pulitzer. Um, and you can get the free PDF. And if you want a nice bound copy, you can do what I did and get your job to do it for you. I mean, I paid for it. So it wasn't like I snuck it in there. Um, but that's what I did. I got a bounded copy so I wouldn't have to print it. And it came out all nice because, you know, they use that good quality paper. So you can still get a bound. You can still get a good copy. Um, so, yeah, I definitely want to talk about this again. Um, I just feel like there's so many nuggets in there. I feel like everybody should read it. I feel like – and I – my feelings about like saying everybody should read it is that you get these moments where like black people are always saying everybody should read it. I, and you know, maybe it's because I'm black. So I feel like it's always black people saying it. I take that back. Black people say it. People of other races say it, but the people who need to read it, watch it, whatever, don't. And maybe I'm being unfair in saying that, but that's kind of the way I feel. Like, I feel like saying everybody should do this, everybody should do that is like so mind numbing at this point. Because if really everybody was doing that, somewhere, something inside of you, if you're a human and have any type of empathy for other people, understanding compassion, then it would, it would resonate with you more. Like, I just feel like there would be more change brought about and more understanding brought about. 
Or maybe I just live in some weird astrotopia and that's just the way I feel. But um, that's my thoughts. Everybody should read it. I'm kind of tired of saying that, but everybody should read it. If you know somebody who don't think will read it, should read it. Tell them to read it. Um, it just, the foundational history is very good. Um, it mimics our, <laughs> I shouldn't say it mimics. That's actually wrong. That's not even what I'm trying to say. Um, but I just thought about 45 and his, it's funny because you know there's an ulterior motive, right? Like, is when his um, press conferences, he was, I don't think you should call it press conference, but whatever. He was talking about, like, you know, Black people building this country. And I completely agree with everybody else that he is desperate, right? Like, if you're getting to this point that you're talking about how America was built on Black people, built on Black, well, it was, really, um, built on the Black, the Black people, something is wrong. It ain't because you open your eyes, sir. We know that. We ain't that dumb. But then he's just such an idiot. And he's like, do you know that? No, we just sit here just aimlessly walking around because we ain't been saying the same shit for years, right? Anyway, things you should do will be covered by my South Africa trip. Afrotech is coming up. It is in Oakland, California. You guys know how I do. I can't make all the things that I tell you about, but I feel like there's some good things um, that's going to be out there. Uh, the founder of Shade Room will be there. Uh, you know, people have mixed feelings about her, but she'll be up in there. Um, Charlamagne the God will be there, which I, when I first saw this, I was like, oh, okay. But after that Forest Whitaker interview, he'll be there. And it is November 7th um, through November 10th in Oakland. And, you know, maybe one day someone will hear myself and, you know, want to invite me so I could talk about their events. Um, but, yes, that's coming up November 7th through the 10th. And Collected Voices um, is running their um, awards night on October 18th. At the University of Chicago from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Um, you can get tickets in advance and at the door. Um, you can go online and view shorts for films and vote on your favorite film. The winner will be announced on the 12th and the 18th. So don't forget it. Go check it out. Um, great programs you guys should go and see. So back to what I was saying about... Uh, South Africa. I loved it. I love the experience of it, is what I should say. Um, I I did enjoy, thoroughly enjoy going to South Africa. It was one of those things that I was like, you know what, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do this. Um, and it was more so because of the timing at work and being super busy and prioritization. And there's certain things that I'm trying to do in my life that I just, this year has made it a little bit harder for me or maybe my lack of discipline has made it harder I don't really know depending on who you ask um but anyway at first I wasn't gonna go and then I decided you know what I have been, never been to the continent of Africa I have an opportunity to go I'm going so I went and I am so glad I did it was really beautiful um I went in September so it wasn't like one of those times where um it is. It was super hot. I mean, the weather was great, but it wasn't like nothing that you know. I walk around and 
shorts and a oh t-shirt. Actually, I did. I'm I'm lying. I don't know why I was about to say oh, I didn't, but I did because it was nice. But it wasn't oppressive. It wasn't that summertime heat. How about that? It was like feel good. Um, I think it was about like high seventies, low eighties, maybe. Um, in Johannesburg, and then Cape Town was the the weather difference was drastically different. So if you ever go, definitely if you're going to go to more than one place, um. Look up the temperatures at both places. It is not, it's just like being anywhere else, just like being in the, the U.S. Different places have different climates. So you definitely want to look into that. You don't want to go and think everything's going to be the same because it wasn't, I was cold and came down. I wasn't cold, but definitely like jackets. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't like, there was definitely a drastic weather change. And I had planned for that. My time in Johannesburg was shorts, did I wear a dress? No, I didn't wear a dress. But I either wore like shorts or really um, like capris or something like that. Um, and in Cape Town was when I wore jeans and thicker, thicker capris, I should say, whatever. Um, but anyway, yeah, the trip itself was really great. Um, it was an eye-opening experience for a lot of different reasons. Um I would say more so for me because when you look at like, you know, we think about women and violence here in the States and we know, we know what's happening. We have the Me Too movement. We just have a general more focus on that. But then to go to South Africa and see that other places are, you know, really trying to address those issues as well was interesting. And I say it's interesting, not because I don't expect them to want to, you know, better the situation for women, but more so because like usually when, when I'm on vacation, it's easier to not pay attention to certain climates. And I don't know if it's, I got tired of channel surfing. I don't, I, I don't even think that's what it was because it really didn't matter what channel I was on. When there was a break, they would run commercials about gender violence issues and how men and um, could do better. Like, you know, I don't know if you would like the commercials, but it was just, it just was interesting to see and to have it be at the forefront. Like we don't have commercials of, of men saying, you know, I'm sorry, I didn't stand up for you. At least I haven't seen it. Maybe it's out there. Maybe I shouldn't say we don't, what we don't have, but I don't see a running commercial of men talking about like why they behaved a certain way, how they want to do better and advocacy and stuff like that. I haven't seen it. So if it's out there, fine, whatever. But I haven't, I've have not seen that. So that was really interesting um, to, to see. And, you know, their, their coverage of protests, like, I, I don't know. And I would say, you know, it wasn't like I was just watching CNN all the time. Cause y'all know, all the, well, maybe I don't know, but I love the food network. So I found that, <laughs> but yeah, my, the, and I watched a couple of, I don't, is it okay to call them soaps? Those are like, Bollywood, not the Bollywood. Yeah, it was like Bollywood. I saw, um, and I was upset too because he had to go that morning. But I wanted to see what happened. But um, yeah, so like I watched different things, like, um, but to still see that as something that was addressed and so actively was really interesting to me. So um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed what else about Johannesburg? I mean, Johannesburg was just great. It really was. We were at Mandela Square. We went to, um, I'm going to say Pondman. That is the wrong word. Uh, the, oh, Jesus. I can't think of what it's called, but 
it's not Supreme Court. Like they, we were at, we went to their highest level. Um, but it's not called Supreme Court. They have another, they have another name for it. Uh, sorry. So I went there um, and that was, it was great. It was amazing. Um, took some pictures, walked around um, and just being able to read little snippets about um, what democracy means to them um, was really good. And I have some pictures and some videos that I'll probably share on my social media. I had stopped sharing because I was trying to promote this and I meant to do an episode a lot sooner when things would have been more fresh in my mind. Sorry. Um, and I just didn't. So I'll probably share some more stuff from it. But it was really, really amazing. Like they had, I don't want to say like an, I'm assuming it's an eternal flame. I don't think they ever shut it off. Um, but it was just, it was great to see that with, with like I said, their, um, with their, with what, oh, the democracy flame. That's what it's called. Um, so that was really great to see that. Um, and then, um, what else did I want to talk about in terms of trans I, it's escaping me a little bit of the things that I did just because I don't have my itinerary in front of me. But, oh, we went to the top of Africa there, which is really cool. And, you know, you go to the top of buildings and, and you get to see city views. I would have loved to have gone at night. It's an observatory. I think they could have done more with it, to be honest. Um, I think as more tourists go, as more people go, or maybe just maybe an effort into tourism in Johannesburg would be really great um, because you could do more with the building. There was a lot of history around the walls um, and you could read things like even reading about, uh, God, what is his first name? The guy who the World Scholars is is named after. Um, there was a blurb about him in a picture and then they just talked about like how Johannesburg became more modernized, like different periods into the city. So it was really great to see and to be there. I just think that they could have taken advantage of if it was an open space or at least having some portion that's open um, that people could really see and enjoy because the windows were dirty. So like you're taking pictures, but your pictures could have been so much better if you had cleaning the windows. Or just an outside, whatever. Like, so you can see more and it's not restricted. So that was really great. Um, the food was good, of course. Um, you can get your, you know, wherever you're comfortable, you get your typical flair. But they also had um, great traditional South African dishes as well as mixes of food from other African countries. So it was really great. Like, you, um, there was a plethora of things to to try and of course you know there ain't no slightening on seasoning so hey it was delicious um oh my gosh people sorry this is not this is a rant about tourism not about south africa <sighs> ladies and gentlemen ladies and gentlemen ain't nobody doing nothing for free okay when you go somewhere and you see somebody offering entertainment, act accordingly. Tip them. They are not there just to like, oh my God, let's please the Americans without traditional dance and song. Like what? And you know this because why? When you go to New York, when you go to Vegas, when you go anywhere else in this country and you see a street performer, street entertainer, and you stop, what's the first thing they do after they're done and you're really close to them? They ask you for a tip. Okay. When you see them in their cute little costumes and you take a picture of them, they say, sure, for a price. That's here. Where they speak English, a language you understand. 
Sorry, not to say that they don't speak English here. They do speak English here. But my point being is don't act like if you go somewhere and you don't speak their native language and you don't have the same cultural experiences they do, that they're doing something just to show you. Everybody out here, in some ways, are doing a lot of the same things. So if you see them, please tip them. You know, they probably ain't going to say shit to you, but me looking on the outside, looking at you, not a fan. Because you know what the deal is. So don't act ignorant. Don't just, uh, it's so ignorant to me. All right? And if you don't want to tip them, just say, oh, thank you, no, thank you. They get it. Because guess what? They don't want to be out there just singing and dancing for your entertainment. They got a little side hustle and they're trying to make it work. So don't act stupid. Um, there's something else that I observed. Oh, okay. I get it. We're all on the U.S. dollar. Actually, gold is the, whatever, is the back in currency. But we're all on this whole U.S. dollar thing. I, I Truly, I get it. Right? Like... That's the currency that's backing a lot of countries, and it's a standard is not the word. Oh my gosh, it's not the word I'm looking for. But y'all know what I'm y'all know what I'm trying to say. But when you go somewhere and they don't want to take your U.S. dollar, don't act ignorant. Like don't be there and be like, uh-uh. are you in the U.S.? No. Are you in a U.S. territory? No. Don't act ignorant. Some people may take it. Some people won't. If they don't want to take it, fine. Don't like you. They should just be taking your money because you're offering it. They could get their stuff sold to someone else. Come on. Like, don't, just don't be ignorant. I, like, I just, I can't. Like, that was probably the two things on the trip that I could have crawled under my seat in the bus and just stayed there every time they happened. All right, but back to the beautifulness. It was really beautiful. Um, of course, I did the safari, and I do recommend it for y'all. Really, you should. Like, it's, you know, we see a lot of animals in the zoo, sure. But, you know, something about that experience of being there and and driving through and taking pictures and stuff, it's really cool. Um, and I think maybe I was more into it. Excuse me. Because I was listening to... Um, Pastor Keon Henderson, and he was talking about uh, lions because, of course, everybody was on this, this thought of David and Goliath for a while. I don't know. It's something about all preachers. I swear I don't care who I was listening to. Somebody was always tapping into David and Goliath. So anyway, he was talking about lions and how, like, how loud their roar really is. And when we go to zoos, it's not as loud because at some point when they're cubs, I think, they cut their vocal cords. And maybe they do it when they're older, too, if you found one. I don't know. They cut their vocal cords so their roar is not as loud as it really is um so i was really intrigued and i don't know if i thought i was gonna hear a lion roar i don't really know but i was just intrigued by this fact so i was just all into being with animals and like carrying them and all this stuff it was great we went to the safari oh i'm gonna I am going to mess this up, but let me try to find this safari theme. So we went to the safari, um, and it was one of those where we drove through um, in our tour bus, which I was a little disappointed. I'm not going to lie. I was hoping I'd be in one of those like open vehicles. You know, I don't know why, because Lord knows if, uh, if something happened. I, I'm the worst. I don't know if y'all have ever seen me in situations when I'm nervous. I, <laughs> you probably don't want to be around. Um, but anyway, so 
Um, I was a little disappointed we were in our tour bus because, like, it makes it a little bit harder to get, like, the best pictures, you know. Um, at least I thought. I don't know. Um, and I, yeah, so anyway, we did it in a tour bus. We saw some, we got some great pictures, though. But the place we went, and I'm trying to find the name. It was not Kruger National Park. Kruger's, like, a really, really big one. Um, but that's not where we went and we had, um, I'm looking for the name and like, seriously, all these places come up, but not it. I'll know when I see it. Um, so we went there and the cool thing is, is they had this outside cafe. And of course, the first thing you see on all the signs is like, don't get out of your vehicle. If you get out of your vehicle, it's at your own risk. So, um, uh, so yeah, so you get out of your vehicle. I mean, it's the only way you can eat there, right? Like it's not a drive through, so you you have to get out. Um, and sorry, I'm really distracted trying to find this for you. Um, and so you get out, you have your lunch and what they do is, uh, they, um, they, uh, what is the word? They put out what's called salt lick to, uh, attract the animals. And so that's how you can get some really good pictures um, and I do have some good pictures that I will try to find cause they're on different cameras. They're like either on my, um, my phone or my mom's phone. I don't know. So they're all over the place. So I have to find these pictures because I got like a really good picture of an elephant, like a close. So like we had seen the elephant from the tour bus and it's really hard. Um, it's really hard to uh, get, you know, like I said, it's really hard to get as good pictures. It just is what it is. So, like, when you are that close and you can get these really good pictures, like, oh, Plainsburg. I found it, guys. Um, it's not Plainsburg. It's Plainsburg. Plainsburg National Park is where we went. Um, and so they put out the salt, the salt lick to attract the animals. And so like they come up there, I have like pictures with giraffes behind me and literally like all that's separating you from them is this barrier that comes up. So, you know, you, some people, they say that like every day that it's just to attract them. They don't necessarily come up and the amount of animals that you see isn't necessarily the same every time, but you know, at one point there were three giraffes, a big elephant came up and there's like this little water hole. So he had like, he was muddy and there's like mud all over this thing. Um, and then the antelope were there. Uh, I think there are also some wild, wildebeest. I'm making that up. There's something else there besides the antelope. Um, so that's how I really got some really good pictures and I enjoyed it. The only thing we didn't um, get to see there, I did not see the lions. Um, so we ended up going to a lion park close by um and doing a little tour there so which was good because um the guy kind of talked to us a little bit about the lions and how they interact with each other and you know obviously they couldn't survive in the wild right but they still do have some of their internal instincts so we saw like one of the lions was really like on high guard and a little bit of stress and he was saying it was because these other lioness from another pride had just come back from something. I don't know. Maybe they came back from eating. I don't, I don't really know. But they were like really close to their part of the enclosure. So he just was on high alert protecting his pride. And so like seeing him walk back and forth and getting good pictures of that and how they interact with each other was really good and learning about that. So we saw lions. We saw wild dogs. Um, if you follow me on social media, Ms. Big POV, M-S-B-I-G-P-O-V. 
Um, I put up pics of me inside the Lions Park with the Cubs. And those Cubs are the Cubs that are rejected by the moms. So, like, if a Cub isn't rejected by the mother, they go out, they stay at the Pride, whatever, and do their due. But if they are rejected, then the Lion Park takes them, and that's the ones you get to play with. Um, which they were super cute. Um, but if you look at my picture, I look a little bit afraid, and I know why. And it's not because I was afraid of the Cub. It's actually because the guy... So at one point, my back was towards one of them, and the guy, I didn't really feel him on me. I don't know. I think he had, like, I think he had his paws on my back. And for some reason, I just didn't feel it. Like, I don't know if it was, like, adrenaline of just being in there or whatever. But the guy is like, you know, be careful. He's on you. And just trying not to freak me out. But it actually freaked me out because I'm like, oh, shit, you're saying be careful. This lion is about to, like, swipe my head right off my shoulders. I don't know what's going to happen. So I was a little bit freaked out. And, um, yeah, they're cute. But let me tell you something. Them claws, child, they hurt. They hurt, they hurt, they hurt. And before you get in there, the guy's like, you know, people, you know, sometimes they bite, sometimes they scratch. And people like to say, you know, oh, my God, I got bit, I got scratched, I need to go to the doctor. Of course, that's what I've been thinking, too. And he's like, no, no, you'll be fine. And so I'm in there, and this cub is crawling across my legs, and it's on the part of me, my legs and my arms, and it's on part of me that's not covered by clothing because this day of all days, I decide to wear shorts and a tank top. The first day we went to the safari, I had on long, um, not leggings, but capris and like a decent t-shirt. It was long or whatever. But today, when we go to Lion Park, I decided to wear not wear any clothes. I don't know why. But I decided not to wear any clothes. I think I thought these were going to be like little Simba cubs, you know, when they're first born and they're super tiny and you can pick them up and all the shit. Nah, they ain't that size. They think it's like six months old. So this thing is walking across me and it is digging into me. And my mom's like, oh, smile. It's okay. And I'm like, ma'am, a lion is digging its bare paw inside of my skin. And she's like, oh, I know. Like, he did the same thing to me. And I'm like, on the part of me that is not covered, though. This is not the same as, like, them biting at your shoelace or, like, sticking a hand on you. And I looked down. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I think he's going to draw blood. But he didn't. But it was really close. Like, I like to say it made it down to the sixth layer of skin. Um, like, right at that point of about to break into blood. It didn't actually bleed. But it was, like, I, I think I even still, I do. I still have two little pricks on my arm. No, actually, blood came out. But... If I, you know, if you see me on these streets and you want to see my little encounter with the with the lion, I can definitely show you. They're they're small and faint. Thanks to them, you know, some no, I don't get paid. So anyway, just know that I moisturize to preserve my sexy. Y'all know where I got that from. Anyway. So yeah, so they're going away. Uh, if you don't know where I got that from, you too young for me. No, I'm just kidding. Um but yeah, so anyway, back to my book. Oh, I need to get back to my story. Uh, so, yeah, that was a cute time in the the Lion Cubs. Uh, and that was Johannesburg. Johannesburg was beautiful. Like, Cape Town, they say, is, like, really the place to be in terms of tourism and and growing tourism. But I actually really enjoyed Johannesburg better. We went to Soweto while we were there, which um, was nice. If you don't know the history of Soweto, it is a place. I am going to get their official names wrong. I'm sorry. But what happened is... Um, the government was not taking care of his people. It happens, right? We all know how that works out. And I really need to look up these people's names so I can do y'all justice properly. But um, someone, I'm going to look up his name, uh, decided to build uh, sh- mm, shacks, I guess is the way to say it. 
Um, but they built these uh, shacks. I'm trying to look it up um, for people to have housing. So a lot of the stuff there, it is, um, gosh, I cannot find, I cannot find this. Um, so they build up these really quick houses or whatever. And, you know, in some cases, like I was surprised to find this, that they actually like steal electricity. And he was saying that a lot of the kids were getting our tour guy was telling us that like a lot of the kids were getting, um, burned and shocked because of it, like how they set up their electricity and I cannot find I cannot find this and I feel really bad so maybe I will try to do in my next episode try to give you guys a better history of what happened but in this township as it's called um they uh started you know setting up these little houses in this area so it's basically a really poor township um and it's called Southwest Townships. That's what Cerrito stands for. Um, but yeah, so they um, stay there, the community of people, and they do, you know, there's different areas of it. Like there are, um, you can you can tell when the houses get better. It's not it's not all of Cerrito. Don't don't get me wrong. Um, there are you can definitely tell when the houses get get better. They you can tell a shack tin roof from brick, you know. Um, but anyway. We're there and where we are driving uh, around and it was just interesting to see because you are, you know, really immersing yourself. And sometimes I, and sometimes I will be honest, I hate it because I feel like I'm looking at you like a tourist, like you're some type of attraction, but it is a lot of the way that they make their money off of tourism dollars. So you're there and you know, you're buying the goods that they have to offer and, you know, they might sing some local songs, which of course you should tip. Um, so I think I have some recording from that too. I will share, um, which is just, like I said, it was an awesome experience. So, so yeah, I'm going to come back and, um, and get you guys some better information because I am saying this all wrong. Hector, uh, Peterson, um, was one of the first, I think he was the first, um, person who was killed and he was a young student and um, there just was so I felt like being in the museum was really good because not only did they talk about the history of apartheid and um, the Dutch being there and uh, the students and they and they're wanting better um, education and freedoms uh there was just so much there to talk about, but it also looked at like um, just the cultural what's what, what's acceptable and what's not. So um, there's a picture of Hector being um, carried by his friend and his sisters beside him. It's like one of the most famous pictures. Um, it's up in the museum. And I think it's something that people refer to when they talk about uh, the protests and um, the riots and subsequent events that happened. Um, so, you know, there was, I do not remember the, his friend's name who carried him, but his, the guy's sister said, you know, my brother isn't a hero. If he did not go back and pick him up, he would not have been able to come home and face his family. So like just understanding like culturally, and I don't know if understanding is the right word, but seeing there's some cultural context around the things that people do, right? Like, because here is someone left their friend who had been killed, we would be like, 
okay, I understood why you did what you did. We would. People would just say it, right? People would say, if you see somebody out on the ground and you feel like there's no nothing you can do for them, you cannot help them, I understand if you're in. So seeing like a cultural context around like there's some obligation that he has there um, was interesting and interesting read and an interesting feel and the thoughts of being your brother's keeper and like that never ending. You were your brother's keeper through and through. So I thought it was really good. The museum was great. It is called the Hector Peterson Museum. Um, you should definitely go check it out. They have um, recordings, pictures. Um, it's, it's it just was great. It was good to be there and to and to take in that that history. Um, we also went to the Nelson Mandela House. I have some pictures from that too. So I will, like I said, I will share more pictures on social media. I just was trying to um, trying because I thought I was gonna write do this podcast sooner than later. So I definitely recommend that you go to the Nelson Mandela house. You go visit the town of Soweto and learn more about the history and enjoy it and support that local economy. I mean, people are out there sharing their crafts with you. And we had some beautiful stuff and willing to talk to you and inform you about the history and how things are going. And what I loved about it, and I know, I know it's like to get you to buy their stuff, but it was like, and this is probably why I really like Johannesburg because it wasn't even just in like so where they're trying to get you to buy your stuff. I had a lot of welcome home. Like that was really like, I don't know, it's cheesy. I don't know. Like I'm going to choose to look at the bright side of that um, and just feel encouraged in connection. Um, I don't know. So, you know, of course you got it when they were like, come sis, look at my stuff. But also just like walking by somebody if you were on the street or or talking to someone in the hotel or at the airport or whatever. So I, I really enjoyed it. I really did like Johannesburg. But we were walking back from lunch and one of the know, one of the kids, young adult, whatever, was asking for money and he was just so aggressive about it. And it was one of those times where I was like, this is when fight or flight kicks in. And you can't really fight, right? It's a whole different playing field. The, you know, like it is dangerous. You don't want to do something to put yourself into a worse situation than what you have to be. But you do feel like I need to defend myself. I did. I genuinely felt like, oh shit, I'm probably going to have to defend myself because this is getting out of control. And the reason why I felt like it was getting out of control is because we walked away from where we were getting dinner. We were trying to lunch and we were trying to get back to the bus, but I had said no. I was like, no, I don't have any money in, which I don't. Like, I don't carry a lot of cash. Like, I just don't, whatever. So it wasn't like I was lying. Um, but I just was like, no. And I also don't dig in my purse. I'm sorry. If I don't have $2 to give you without me digging around, you just don't get it. It's not because I don't want to give. It's just because there are some people who will knock you over the head. It is what it is. So I'm also not going to dig in my purse. I didn't have it, first of all. And I had said no. And it got to the point where I had to, like, I was aggressively like, I said no. Like, I don't fucking have it. Like, I'm swearing, right? Like, I get to the point where I'm swearing and I'm like, shit. Because no one likes to be sweared at. I'm upset. And I know that, like, I'm starting to get that, like, tingly sense of, fuck, this is starting to feel out of control. Where are my exits type vibe, right? And, like, literally follows me all the way to the tour bus. And there's a couple of other, uh, the rest of us on the street. But other people are asking other tourists for money. Like, in... It calmed down when we got to the bus, but that's only because there were like um these 
street. I don't know what they were. They had on like crossing guard gear, but I think they were like just there keeping order. I don't, I honestly don't know what their role was, but, and you have someone, and I'm saying this too, because not only is this person asking me stuff, but his asking is becoming more aggressive and he's also walking close to me. I mean, like close enough that if he talked with enough spit, it would have touched me. Right. And not from a distance. It's it's like close. Like that's why I started to feel a little bit more pressure because it's not like you're just kind of close to me and I can almost push off. It was almost too close to be able to push off from you, you know? Um, so I sent like that. My personal space was being extremely invaded and I was getting agitated. So just things like that just makes you think really fast. And when I got to the bus, like even when I got all the way to our door to get on the bus, he was still saying stuff. To the point that our bus driver was like, what are you doing? Stop. And they exchanged words. And we have two doors on the bus. And they wanted him to open the back door of the bus. Other people getting on. And he was like, no. And I knew exactly why he was saying no. He was saying no because the moment he opened that back of the bus, somebody's getting on the bus with us. Now we're in a situation that no one wants, right? Um, and he was like, no, everybody has to come to the front of the bus. And he wanted to leave our tour guy there who was there trying to round up people. But it's like, you're literally there arguing with people. And on top of that, like we're in the airport and I overhear this girl talking to someone and she's just like, you know, be careful because where they are, it's more like smashing grabs. So like you can, and when I say smash and grab, I mean, not just like thinking of being in a store, but also when you're in your car, right? Like someone smashing your window and literally grabbing your shit. Um, and she's like, that's very common there. And if you're walking in like your jury's exposed or like just literally snatching your bag, like all these type of things were very common to, things that we encounter here, but more so. So just to be on your P's and Q's and you know, like when someone's telling you, they're not telling you to like, oh, you can handle yourself like you're back at home. Like they're telling you like you are a tourist in a foreign country with people who this is what they do. Like don't try to be cute type shit. So like there's that in the back of my mind. There's his aggressive behavior. There's me just being like, girl, just get your ass on this bus so you can go type shit. Um, I would say that was the only time, but it's not everywhere. Like I would definitely tell you to go. I would definitely tell you to stop at the store at the at the different vendors and get, um, you know, jewelry, clothes, whatever. Like, you should definitely do it. It just was the one part of my experience that was a little bit off-putting. Um, I still say I enjoyed Johannesburg better than I did Cape Town. That happened in Johannesburg, like, or so we know. But um, in the township of Johannesburg. So, yeah, still was my favorite place to go. Even in spite of that, um, if I had to go back to South Africa again, I would go back to Johannesburg. I would choose to, you know, check out other places, but I would definitely be like, okay, I want to go back and stop there. Or we're saying I want to go back and stop in Cape Town. Cape Town was just too, it had this Western feel. Like, it just, eh. like, I felt like, you know, there's the touristy things to do. Like, we went to Tabletop Mountain, one of um, the seven wonders of the world, natural wonders of the world, which was amazing. So definitely go and do that. I got some great pictures there. Um and we went to Cape, went to Cape Town, Lord. We went to, um, what do you call it? The tip, Cape of Good Hope. Um, so we definitely did all those touristy things and it was great. But eh, I don't know. I just felt like it like being in Boston for some reason. I said Faneuil Hall on steroids because they have like this harbor place um, that's open with the shops and music and all that stuff but they did have like a ferris wheel like the london eye so you got some good stuff um and then we went to um robin island which was great and i don't want to say i hate sounding exciting 
sounding excited about places that have so much uh, history that isn't great. I do. But when I say it was great, I say that in the sense of, so we had the tour part where someone, you know, walked through and talked to us about the prison there and talked about life now um, that is closed. But the experience of one of our tour guides used to be a prisoner there. Um, so that's a little bit of recording I'll share. Um, and to have someone be able to be back to talk to you about the experience, to talk to you about the things they did and, and how they leaned on each other for su- survival and how they communicated with each other. Like there's nothing, there's nothing like that. Um, and just getting a sense of understanding and why and the climate and all that type of stuff. So when I say it was great, that's what I mean. Not like it's great to go visit a person. You know what I mean? Um, so definitely there's definitely things to do. Go to Robin Island, go to um, Tabletop Mountain, go to all those places. Really check them out. You should definitely, definitely, definitely do that. Okay, welcome back. Um, This is usually when I talk about like pop cultural things. But I feel like I've talked a lot. <laughs> and I feel like I ranted so much. So I'm a little bit off about what I want to talk about pop culture. Because like I said, I don't want to do recaps so much. I did get caught up on power. Um, and I just don't want to start doing it. And then I don't keep up with it. My girl, Shu, has started her um, blog called Shenanigans. Please check her out on YouTube. Um but and also follow her social medias on Twitter and Instagram. Again, it's Shu Nanigans. If I know how to spell, I would. But thanks, Shu S H O U Nanigans. <laughs> ah! Let me help y'all. Let me. Let me. Let me. Let me. But anyway, what I'm trying to say is, um, um, definitely check her out. I'm actually on a way to go hang out with her, and we're gonna record. Um, with our friends, maybe to air one of her episodes, I don't really know. Um, but that's what I gotta go do anyway. So I it's okay that I don't have um I don't have much to say. I'm gonna be really and that's not what I want. Um so yeah, don't forget to check her out. She puts out her episodes on Sundays, they're cute, um, and they're meaningful. Like some of it's just, you know, her living her best life. But, you know, she also really lets you in and talks about um what it's like to care for her mom who has Alzheimer's and as someone um, whose family was affected by the disease, I, um, I actually really appreciate her sharing her story um, and what it means. I mean, to be honest, just as black people, the, um, the impact that it has on the black community is um, really big, actually. Sorry, I'm all over the place because y'all, I get, I get distracted. I do. I'm sorry. I'm up here trying to make sure I get this right so you guys can go follow her. But what I'm trying to say is, um, is that you should go follow her. She cares for her mom. There are a few episodes about that. There is. Um, 
She did the Alzheimer's walk with some friends. Uh, she has a vlog about that. That is up. Go check it out and um, and enjoy. Sorry. So now I'm going back this. Yes. Now I can spell. It is Shunanigans. S-H-O-U-N-A-N-I-G-A-N-S. Shunanigans. Go check her out. YouTube. Um, don't forget to follow her on her social media. And I look forward to hearing your thoughts about us being on there. And show my girl some love. Subscribe. All right. I will. Um, I will talk to you guys soon. Sorry. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Bye. And I'm back. Thank you for listening to this episode of All Things I Want to Discuss with me, Miss Big POV. Check me out on all social media platforms, Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter at Miss Big POV. Until next week, happy listening. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. And that's just real. At the center of bringing any dream into fruition is self-discipline. You know, so, something as simple as food and eating is it, not about your, your body as much as it is about your mind. It's getting command of your mind to be able to choose actions that are in your own best interest. Every day, we are choosing shit that's not in our own best interest, right? So if the world is attacking you and the world wants to fight you and the world's trying to hold you down, so you're going to kick yourself in the balls? So you're going to stop yourself from getting what you dream. Self-discipline is the center of all material success. You cannot win the war against the world if you can't win the war against your own mind.